my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Here we feature mostly cop and detective shows, plus adventure, plus surprise. You never know, but it's the best from the golden age of radio. We'll guarantee that. For those of you who want nonstop crime buster and detective shows, you can now add 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to your podcast library. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. Brand new for 2023 and growing fast. Enjoy! That'll be 420, lady. Here you are, driver. Please keep the change. Thanks, lady. Uh, you're quite welcome, I'm sure. Grace! Oh, Grace! David! What in the world are you doing here at this hour? Rather early, isn't it? You see, I have an appointment to interview your husband for my magazine this morning. Where did you come from? Oh, I've been away for a few days. My train just got in a little while ago, and I took a cab from the station. Really, darling? The fare from the station is about $2. Didn't the driver say four twenty? Did he, David? He must have come the long way. Uh, uh, g- come on to the house. Oh, I'm supposed to meet your husband out by the pool. He's going to demonstrate some tricks on trout fishing, which our readers will positively drool over. Oh, that <laughs> magazine of yours gives you a good living, David. I wouldn't belittle it if I were you. Come on, I'll walk to the pool with you. Well, if it gave me a good enough living, you'd be married to me. Instead of Morton? Instead of J. Morton, Zachary. You think it's his money I married? It certainly wasn't because you were in love with those specimens of deep-sea fishing which are mounted in his den. Or with the fact that he was perhaps the leading authority on the use of wet coachman flies for trout fishing. You're quite sure I would have married you if you'd had Jonathan's money? Reasonably. You know, Grace, I don't think I'll ever change about you. I think I've loved you from the first moment I saw you. Thank you. Well, here's the pool. You know, it's a sort of symbol of this whole place, all white and large. David! I see it, Grace. There's a body floating in the middle of the pool. Come on. It's Jonathan! Look what's lying on the edge of the pool. A fishing rod. A trout fishing rod. And the hook is attached to Jonathan. David, David, do something! I can't very well, Grace. There's nothing anybody can do for him. Now. Chief, did you? I don't think so. Maybe winged him, but he got away through that window. Casey will pick him up downstairs. I put him under the fire escape. If I remember Casey, it's more likely the killer got him. Well, Morrison, we almost had our hands on him. 
almost caught the phantom killer. Now, let's go downstairs and either grab our killer or revive Casey. Pretty corny, isn't it, Vance? I don't know, Ellen. Plays like this are relaxing. That they are. They practically put me to sleep. Oh, Vance, look, that usher seems to be looking for somebody, and you left word at the box office where you'd be sitting. Mm. Boy, boy, are you looking for Philo Vance? Yes, sir. There's an important phone call in the office. It's District Attorney Markham. Markham? Ellen, will you excuse me a moment, please? A moment? I might as well say goodnight right now. If it's Markham, it's a murder. And if it's a murder, I know I won't see you until morning. you men to go over every inch of the grounds. Somebody got in here early this morning and murdered Mr. Zachary and left some kind of a clue before he scrammed. Okay, now go out and find something for me. Rather excellent performance, Sergeant Heath. Resourceful homicide detective orders his men to bring him a clue. What do you expect they'll find? Nothing, D.A. Absolutely nothing. But I can't have him hanging around here at the pool either, can I? Oh, hello, Vance. Hello, Sergeant. District Attorney Markham and I just had a look at the late J. Morton Zachary. Pretty ugly knife he had in his chest. Any knife in any chest ain't pretty, Vance. Well, all I know so far is his wife and that magazine editor, David Douglas, found him. What about that fishing rod that was on the edge of the pool with a hook in Zachary's clothing? Yes, please, Heath, something about that. A prominent fisherman found dead in a pool with a rod and reel as accessories before the fact. Rod, reel, and hook complete with coachman fly as bait. Intriguing. I don't know about it being intriguing. All I know is I'm working on my day off. Well, the hook was attached to him, all right, and the rod lying on the edge of the pool. Why, I don't know. Or who killed him, I don't know. Glad you came, Vance. Certainly, Markham. I admire mystery plays. Ellen and I were seeing one when you phoned me but I'm more partial to unusual real-life murder cases. Well, I got to go to work. Hey, Morgan. Yeah? Get in that overgrown bathhouse and see what you can find. These articles on the ground here, the ones in the sergeant's handkerchief, I imagine they were found on the dead man. So I understand. Handkerchief, wallet with nothing unusual in it, and these keys. Oh, funny thing about these keys, Vance. Wonderful example of colonial architecture, Markham. The house, I mean, and beautifully kept ground. Vance, I was saying there's a funny thing about these keys. Yes, I know. One of them doesn't open any lock belonging to Zachary. Do you know there's a definite resemblance between colonial... Now, wait a minute, Vance. How could you possibly know that about that key? It's true, isn't it? Yes, it is true. Heath tried every one of them. Each one is for some different door or Zachary's office or car. But that shiny one in the middle, that's the one that opens nothing. Only, how did you know? Because it's the shiny one, Markham. Either it's a new key to an old lock, or it fits some door that was just constructed, neither of which is very likely. Or it doesn't belong to any of Zachary's locks. Uh, where is Mrs. Zachary, Markham? In the house. Sergeant Heath asked her to hold herself available for questioning. He wasn't thinking of my questioning, I don't suppose, but I'm grateful just the same. If you don't mind, Markham, I think I'll join the lady. <laughs> for three days, Mrs. Zachary. Came home this morning. <laughs> Took a cab from the station, found Mr. Douglas here on your arrival, and the two of you discovered your husband's body? Yes. Yes, Mr. Vance. How long had Mr. Douglas been here? I don't know. He said he'd 
just arrived. Then it's possible that he might have killed your husband. Oh, no, no, not David. He couldn't do anything so brutal. Oh, it's David, is it? Know him pretty well, Mrs. Zachary? Yes, yes, I know him quite well. I was engaged to him once. Well, that's quite interesting. What time did you arrive here this morning? About 9 o'clock, 9.15 maybe. What time did your train get in? At, at, at 8.50. Well, it's about a 20-minute cab run from the station. That would bring you here at about 9.15, as you said. Hmm. Mrs. Zachary, you inherit all your husband's estate? Yes, I, I suppose so. It will be considerable, judging from this house. Was he retired? No. He was the head of a number of corporations, something to do with the manufacture of rayon. You can find out all about that at his office. I'm not particularly interested at the moment, Mrs. Zachary. Where can I find David Douglas? If you've come to arrest me, Vance, arrest me. Only don't just sit there staring at me. I'm not a police officer, Mr. Douglas. All I want to know is, did you kill Zachary? No, no, I didn't kill him. I told you I had just driven up to his house a moment before Mrs. Zachary arrived. I was there, standing there, when she got out of the cab. I paid the driver. How much did she pay the driver? She gave him a bill, a five-dollar bill. Told him to keep the change. That's quite a sizable tip. I rode out to the house from the station, and the meter only read two dollars. What's the difference how big a tip it was? Besides, the fare wasn't two dollars. It was four something. I heard that. Get through with me, Mr. Vance. Please get through with me. You're awfully nervous, Mr. Douglas. I won't be too long now. Coincidentally, I know that you were once engaged to Mrs. Zachary. Yes, yes, I was. Vance, listen, I, I, I know the police let me go, but that they're watching me, waiting for me to make a false move and daring me to make one. I, I can't stand this anymore. I can't, I tell you. I'm going to... If you kill yourself, Douglas, it's practically a confession that you murdered Zachary. Do you want that? Oh, no, I don't want that. I, I, I don't know what I do want, but it's not that. Here. Take the gun, Vance. Take it and go away. Please go away. Please leave me alone. Thank you very much, sir. Goodbye. Well, Ellen? Well, Vance, you were right in your hunch. The railroad information just told me that there is no 850 train that Mrs. Zachary could have taken. There was a 750, though. Mm. So she arrived at her house an hour before she said she did. And she gave the cab driver $5 for a $2 run. Well, let's see now. She could have arrived at her home about 8, killed her husband, had the cab driver wait, then drive her around a while and back to the house in time to meet Douglas. Oh, got yourself a prospect, Van? Three prospects. Mrs. Zachary, David Douglas, and a certain Hastings. Uh, what, may I ask, are Hastings? They're people. Oh. And this particular one is George Hastings, assistant to the late Mr. Zachary. Have you seen him yet? No, I tried to, but he sent out word that he was too busy. I think I have an idea how to talk to him, though. It seems important to find out just what Zachary's rayon business means. Well, when you get that certain look on your face, you mean business yourself. Uh, a little bit higher, Frankie. Up around the shoulders. Ah, that's better. Nothing like a massage to keep you fit, is there? Uh, there certainly isn't. Oh, uh, waiting for Frankie to get finished with me? Yes, but there's no hurry. Always said I would know what I'd do if I couldn't run over to the gym a couple of times a week to get a workout and a rub down. 
Oh, uh, I haven't seen you in here before. It's my first visit. Well, you'll like it here. Okay, Frankie. You can hold it up. I'll just lie here and relax a minute. You can think better when your body's in top condition, I've always thought. Oh, you sure can. And I've got to be able to think. Think fast. I'm in Rayon's. Hastings, the name. How do you do, sir? I'm Robert Williams. Rayon's, did you say? Right. Read about that fellow named Zachary who was murdered? Mm-hmm. Well, I was his assistant. I'm taking over the firm now. Oh, is that so? Oh, yes, yes. That murder ruined the biggest merger ever attempted. Secret merger. Zachary, representing the East, and a fellow named William Bartlett, the West. Mm. Wow. What that would have done to the industry. We'd have monopolized it. Had to keep it secret. Didn't want anyone to know. It doesn't matter now anymore, I gather. Nope. Nope. The deal was dead when Mr. Zachary got killed. Really? Mr. Hastings, I'm not Robert Williams, as I said. My name is Philo Vance. Oh, I see. I tried to make an appointment with you, but you wouldn't see me. So I followed you here to the gymnasium. You did? What for? To find out what you might know about Mr. Zachary's death. It seems to me that you know a great deal about Mr. Zachary's business. Why shouldn't I know about it? Mr. Zachary never did anything without my help. No, Mr. Hastings. Not even die. I'm glad you came with me to pick up this David Douglas, D.A. I like having you along on cases when Vance isn't along with you. I don't know why that is, Heath. Vance never objected to you. Why should he object? I never outsmarted him, did I? This is the Douglas apartment right here. Wait a minute. I'm pretty sure he did it, D.A. Just found out he was engaged to Mrs. Zachary before she married her husband in that rod and reel business. That'd be right up his alley. Come on, open up in there. Open up. Oh, oh, that shot came from Douglas' apartment. Break down the door, Heath. Here, I'll help you. All right. <coughs> Once more, I think we've got it, Heath. All right. We're <coughs> in, D.A. Oh, they're a little late. Mm. Look at him. Still holding the gun, too. Yeah, look around the apartment, Heath. And while you're at it, you might look around for another suspect who had as good a motive and opportunity to kill Mr. Zachary as the late David Douglas. <coughs> This is District Attorney Markham. The Coachman murder case opened when millionaire sportsman J. Morton Zachary was found dead in his swimming pool, a fishing knife in his heart, and a rod and reel and hook complete with coachman fly attached to him. Philo Vance has been to see both Zachary's widow and a Mr. Hastings, who has taken over the murdered man's business interests, and who told Vance of an impending merger between Zachary and one William Bartlett, whom Zachary had never met. One of our men, Sergeant Heath, has just reported that Mrs. Zachary, who has not been detained by the police, has just had a visitor. This information has led us to... Miss Zachary, I'm sure sorry I never got to know your husband. From what you say, he sure was a grand man. He was. He was, Mr. Bartlett, the finest. It was nice of you to come down, especially since you'd never met either of us. You had to come, ma'am. Was going to be your husband's partner. Uh, I beg your pardon. Oh, shucks, ma'am. Nobody knew about it except him and me. We was going to have our first meeting up at my place. A meeting set up for today and get real organized. Sure was a shame. 
Well, now, ma'am, if there's anything I can do... This is terribly rude of me, I know, but may I please come in? Mr. Vance. I apologize deeply for this intrusion. I did knock on the door, but nobody answered, and the door was open. Uh, Mr. Vance, this is Mr. Bartlett. How do you do? Hi, son. Glad to meet you. I wish it was under different conditions, but glad to meet you. I was just going in case you got something to talk to Miss Zachary private-like. I'd like to talk to you, if you don't mind, Mr. Bartlett. Me, son? About what? About that merger you and Mr. Zachary were planning. Why'd you hear about that? I didn't even know about it until just now, Mr. Vance. A private investigator makes it his business to find out things that people in general don't know. In this case, it wasn't very difficult. Well, son, what do you want to know about the merger? Oh, I guess just why you were merging and some of the details. Why? Because we've been cutting each other's throats, Zachary and me, for years. One way to stop being competitors was to become partners. But we never did get to meet on account of... uh, Well, asking your pardon, ma'am, on account of what happened here yesterday. (laughs) You'd never met Zachary, eh, Bartlett? I wanted to be sure of that. Nope, never. Now, now I'll be going. Now, please call on me, Miss Zachary, if there's anything I can do for you. Thank you very much. Bye, Mr. Vance. Nice to have made your acquaintance. Thank you, Mr. Bartlett. It was nice meeting you. Now, Mrs. Zachary, I think it's time you and I had a little understanding. According to what I've found out, you arrived here yesterday morning a little after 8 o'clock, not 9.15, as you said. You... You found that out? Yes. I also found the cab driver who took you out here from the station. He said he drove you here twice. Once about 8, then he waited for you, drove you around a while, and then back, at which time you met Dave Douglas here. Well? I want to know why the double cab trip, and why you told me your train arrived at 8.50. Very well. I told you that because I didn't want to be suspected. I did get here earlier. I went into the house. I looked out, and I saw Jonathan's body in the pool. And all I thought about was to get away so fast and as soon as possible. The cab was waiting, so I got in. I rode to town, and then then I came back out here again. I believe that David Douglas thought you killed your husband, Mrs. Zachary, and committed suicide in the belief that he was taking suspicion from you. He must have loved you very much. He always said he did. But taking his own life was so unnecessary. I didn't kill Jonathan. I didn't. I didn't. I tell you. Perhaps you didn't. Perhaps the explanation of who did lies in that shiny key, the fishing rod, the reel, and the hook we found attached to your husband's clothes. We'll see, Mrs. Zachary. We'll see. And now, if you don't mind, I'd like to call Mr. Markham and have him invite some people to a meeting at your swimming pool. Please, everyone, may I have your attention? Want me to keep him quiet, Vance? No, Sergeant Heath, thank you just the same. Now, we are in what I imagine was a combination bathing cabin and trophy room. Is that what it was used for, Mrs. Zachary? Yes, Mr. Vance, that's right. All of you can see that there is fishing equipment, (coughs) mounted fish, and fishing knives in this room. And that one of the fishing knives is missing from the box on my right. That is the state's Exhibit A. It's the knife that killed Mr. Zachary. Vance, Vance, must you go into all the terrible details? I'm sorry, Mr. Hastings. Now, you'll notice that there's a door leading from this cabin to the pool. It's only a few short steps. Mr. Vance, I sort of wish you'd stop wasting time and get down to cases. I will, Mr. Bartlett. All in good time. Now, it is my theory that Mr. Zachary and his murderer met out here early on the morning of the murder. There was a quarrel. And in the heat of anger, the murderer seized a knife from this box and stabbed Mr. Zachary. Stop that, Mr. Vance. Stop 
Then stop. Mrs. Zachary is fainting. Somebody run into the kitchen and get a glass of water for Mrs. Zachary. Uh, the kitchen's right in there. Thanks very much, Mr. Bartlett, but it won't be necessary. Thank you just the same. I apologize again to you, Mrs. Zachary. I'm sorry, but I must continue. The murderer stabbed Zachary. He staggered back, as I'm doing now. And through this door. Well, please follow me, all of you. Yes, we will. That's fine. Thank you. Zachary staggered through this door. Teetered a moment at the edge of the pool, like this, and then fell in. Adam, he's floating face down out to the center of the pool. Vance! I'm all right, Ellen. Don't worry. Oh, dear. Give me a hand, will you, Markham? Right here, old boy. Thanks. What in the world did you do that for, Vance? Because I already know who killed Jonathan Zachary. And now I know the reason for that fishing rod and reel. Uh, you can go now, everybody. Thank you for coming here. And the murderer? Well, I want to thank him for giving himself away. Well, Vance, we're here. You said to drive you here, and I did. Now tell me what this place is. It's the place, Sergeant Heap, that's going to give me the proof of who murdered Mr. Zachary. It's a hunting lodge. Look, you said after you fell in the pool that you knew who did it. I still know, but I need proof. You brought the key, Sergeant? The shiny one we found in Zachary's pocket? Sure. Only what makes you think it's going to open a door you never saw before? I'm the positive type. Come on, let's try it. Hmm. Come on, Eve, if you want to watch. I'm coming, Vance. Okay, there's the front door. Go ahead. One key, one little lock, one little turk. Having trouble, Vance? It doesn't seem to fit. Can't understand this. Wait a minute. This lock is brand new. So? So, maybe it's been changed since the murder. Heath, drive me to the nearest town so I can find the nearest locksmith. I refuse to admit a little lock can make me so very wrong. Yes, sirree. Did put a new lock on that front door. Did it yesterday. Why'd you want to know? Why? Well, I can't tell you, but I can tell you this that I am completely indebted to you. Please accept this $5. <laughs> sure, I'll take it. Hey, tell you what, I'll give you the lock I took off that door. Got it right here someplace. Well, that'll be very nice. Thank you very much. I assure you, I'll never forget you for this. And I'm equally certain a certain Mr. William Bartlett will never forgive you for it. <laughs> Look, Bartlett, it's four hours since we've held you here at headquarters. We've told you how we know you killed Zachary. Now, you tell us why you did it. I don't see why the why is bothering you so much, Sergeant Heath. Bothering me? Of course it's bothering me. We know you got down to Zachary's early on the morning you murdered him. You do, eh? Sure. And after you stabbed him and the body fell into the pool, you remembered that the key to your hunting lodge was in Zachary's clothes. So you grabbed the rod and reel. It was only a trout fishing rod, but you figured it'd be strong enough, and you threw the line out toward the body. Did I? Yeah, you did. The hook caught on Zachary's clothes. You started to reel in the line when you heard Mrs. Zachary arrive, so you dropped everything and ran. Why would I go through all that procedure, Sergeant Heath, just to get back a key? 
Why shouldn't Mr. Zachary have a key to my hunting lodge? Because according to your own story, you were never supposed to even have known him. That's why. And that key tied you up to the corpse, but good. That little description I gave you just now, that's the way it happened, wasn't it? Who saw me? I can't tell you that. Why did you kill him, Bartlett? He tried to trick me with a frame contract. I wasn't to be a partner, just an employee. We fought about it, and that's how it happened. He had the key to my hunting lodge because we had to have a secret place to meet before anybody in the industry thought we even knew each other. I had to get the key back, just like you said. He, tell me, who was it saw me, Mrs. Zachary? Tell you the truth, Barnlett, nobody saw you. Nobody? But they must have. You knew the whole story. If nobody saw me, how'd you know? I didn't know. Philo Vance knew. But how he knew? Well, you can search me. Vance, please, can we play 20 questions? You need 20, Ellen. I'm not sure yet. Let me start with one... How did you know it was Bartlett? Well, Bartlett said he'd never met Zachary. Yet he knew where the kitchen of the Zachary house was. Remember his telling Heath where to get a glass of water when Mrs. Zachary almost fainted? Yes, but did that prove that he murdered her husband? No, but it made it obvious that he and the murdered man had been meeting here. And if they had been meeting here, it might be that they'd met at Bartlett's lodge. It might still further be that the shiny key Zachary had was the key to the front door of the lodge. It was, even though Bartlett tried to throw me off with a new lock. And that's all the proof you needed? Well, I helped a little. I stayed away when you went to Bartlett's Lodge, didn't I? Yes, you did. You know, someday, Ellen, our little enterprise here will be reading Vance and Deering, private investigators. <laughs> I can see it just as plain. Now, I can see something even plainer than that. I can see that we're at the end of the Coachman murder case. <laughs> everyone. The holiday season is upon us, and I'll be glued to the telly for BritBox on many a night. I've already shared with you the fact that I keep up with Father Brown and Poirot at BritBox. I also check out their new stuff, like the new series Archie, which tells the story of Archie Leach, otherwise known to millions of filmgoers as Cary Grant. This story comes from his daughter Jennifer Grant and ex-wife Diane Cannon. It's a series. The performance of Jason Isaacs, who plays Cary Grant, is top-notch. I highly recommend it. 
You can only find it on my favorite TV, BritBox. Sign up to BritBox today to stream Archie and other fan favorites today from any device. I have a special limited time offer for my U.S. and Canadian listeners. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for a monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use my promo code 1001stories at checkout. Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Just use promo code 1001stories at BritBox.com. Try it. You'll like it. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, I was just thinking, Colonel Tim. Yeah? If I get a few more little people to work with you in the act, it might be better entertainment. Whatever you say, Mr. Edwards. Say, I know someone who might do. A young lady. A lady, Midget? How tall is she, Tim? Oh, about my size, 33 inches. Uh-huh, that's not bad. We could bill you two as the smallest Mr. and Mrs. in the world. Sure. I'll think it over. But right now, let's get on with our rehearsal. Okay. Take your song from the middle. I'll give you a pickup. Here. <laughs> Our literal village, and I guess you all have learned that it really is a small world as far as we're concerned. I've taken you through shiny town, my eeny meeny miny town. Now we say to tiny town, goodbye. Ah, that's swell, Colonel Tim. <laughs> Billy Edwards and Company. I like the sound of that. You, La Belle Louise and her trapeze, Andy Anderson, the human giant, and Duke Miller and his magic. Not bad, not bad. Sounds good to me. Think of it, Tim. Two more weeks of rehearsal and six months in theater's book solid. If all goes well, we could go on the road two weeks from Tuesday. Yes, Mr. Edwards. But that is, if all goes well. Homicide Department, Sergeant Heath speaking. Sergeant Heath, this is Jennings. I'm the janitor of the rehearsal building on Kearney Street. Hurry over, please, Sergeant. Please come right away. Okay, Jennings, take it easy. Tell me what happened. A man's been shot, and he's lying on the floor of one of the rooms. Hurry, Sergeant, hurry. Be right there. You, you know the man's name? Edwards. Billy Edwards. Hurry, please hurry. Don't touch anything, and don't leave till I get there. Be up in five minutes. <laughs> Our friend, the district attorney, should either not have an office on the eighth floor or else see to it that the elevators in this building run all night. Oh, right, Vance. I'll suggest that to Mr. Markham, Ellen. Stairs a little wearying for you? I'm allergic to them. Eighth floor. At last. Mr. Markham's office. 
Finally. <laughs> that you, Vance? Right. And it's me, Ellen. Hello, you two. Hello. Sorry to get you down here at this hour, Vance, but I thought you'd be sorrier if I hadn't. Oh. I'm fairly certain I would be. What is this, Markham? What did you mean when you told me on the phone that there hadn't been a murder yet? I meant there still hasn't been one. But there has been a shooting. A theatrical manager and pianist named Billy Edwards had been shot when I called you. He's at the hospital, unconscious and in pretty bad shape. Just a shooting? I don't see why you called Vance. You'd never have forgiven me if I hadn't, Ellen. Vance, Edwards was rehearsing a vaudeville act featuring a midget, Colonel Tim. Mm -hmm. And he was shot with a midget gun. We found the gun. It's no more than two inches long. Could a gun that size mortally wound a man? Very possibly, Ellen. That type of weapon was invented in France. It uses a tiny pellet quite capable of killing a man if fired at close range and into a vulnerable spot. I imagine if Edwards recovers, Markham, he'll be able to tell you who shot him. Unquestionably, if he recovers. I see what you mean. Who else was in the act Edwards was preparing? In addition to the midget, there was a trapeze performer named Louise, a giant named Anderson, and a magician named Miller. A modified circus troupe, eh, Markham? Yes. Well, it does sound different. What was found on Edwards? Anything interesting? The usual things, except for money. Edwards had more than $700 in cash in his pocket. Really? Markham, I want to thank you. For bringing you in on this case, Vance? Yes, of course. And I'd also like to thank you to see that no word of Mr. Edwards' condition gets into the newspapers. Still time to do that? Yes, Vance. You see, I'm beginning to understand how you work. I specifically asked Heath not to release any information. Thank you. Now, if you'll tell me where I can find the people who are supposed to be in Mr. Edwards' act, I'll replace our talking with some action. Why not team up with me? Even if Edwards gets better, it'll be months before he puts our act on the road now. No, Duke. I don't think it's right. I just don't. And I don't either. The least we can do is wait for Mr. Edwards to get better. Maybe he ain't gonna get better. And what happens? We lay off for months. The way I see it, Louise, you and me and the midget here, we got the same act. I'm sorry, Duke, Don't but I... give me no buts, pretty one. I've been nice and quiet, and I've been trying to show you it'd be smart to send the act out without Edwards. But if you're going to make me get tough, where you going, Runt? Out. Just out. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I think he worshipped you, Louise. He didn't like the way I was talking to you. Well, let's get back to what you were saying. You were going to get tough. How tough? Not the way you think, baby doll. This way. Suppose the cops were to know Bill Edwards was in love with you when they found out there was a Mrs. Edwards. You're pretty low, Duke. You'd tell him, wouldn't you? I don't know. I don't know anything, except all of us ought to team up and take over those booking Edwards got. Now, I ain't a bad guy, baby, if I'm treated right. Try me out and see. I always had a yen for you. Get away from me, Duke. Keep away from me. Oh, so that's the way you want it. All right, maybe I can... There, oh, that Andy. midget see? brought that giant with that's him. That's why I went for you. Don't let him do anything to Louise. Mix you up. What is this here? He bother you, Louise? Well, uh, look, Andy, I... Well, I was just kind of talking... He bother you, Louise? He bother you, Louise? I break him in half. No. No, Andy, please. Please, it's all right. She told you, Andy. I, I didn't do nothing. She told you that. You heard her. Now, keep away from me. Don't, Andy. Don't. Leo, Don't, Andy. Uh, you open Andy, door. Sure, Andy. Uh, Come on. Now oh, I throw the skunk no, outdoor. Now get your hands off me, you well, me. this is a very pretty picture. Do you mind if I interrupt it a moment? Who are you? My name is Vance, Philo Vance. 
I want to see all of you about the shooting of Bill Edwards. I throw him out, Louise. No, Andy, no, don't throw anybody out. Mr. Vance, we've already answered all the questions the police asked us. I know, but I wanted to meet all of you socially before I uncovered evidence that will send one of you to prison for a long, long time. Mr. Markham? No, nothing, Heath. Well, let's keep looking. This apartment isn't very large. No. I'm sure there's something here that'll give us a lead on who shot Edwards. Oh, that's his picture there on the piano. Nice looking fella. Probably his wife next to him, huh? Probably. Hmm. It's quite pretty. Hope she doesn't mind what we're doing to her apartment when she returns here. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, Heath. Have you followed Vance's instructions about keeping Edward's condition out of the newspapers? Sure, sure I did. Yeah, do I have to keep on taking orders from him? Heath, we haven't done badly by taking suggestions from Vance in the past, have we? No, only this is just a routine case, D.A. God, I guess that's it. Nothing left to look into except that trunk in the corner. Yes, well, let's look in that. Oh, come on over, we'll do it together. Okay. Sure wish Mrs. Edwards would get here. We can't find anything. Maybe at least she'd tell us something. Huh. Trunk's not locked. That's something. Yes. Uh, seems to be stuck, though. Help me, will you, D.A.? Sure. Uh, holy mackerel. Look what's in it. Mrs. Edwards. Look at her neck, D.A. Those red marks. She's been choked to death. Yes. By somebody with very powerful hands. Choked to death and crammed into this trunk. Uh. Heath, I don't know what Mrs. Edwards might have been able to tell us. All I know is she'll never tell us now. No, I'm sorry. I can't connect you with Mr. Vance's private office. He gave me instructions that he wasn't to be disturbed. Well, I'll have him call you just as soon as he's free. Goodbye. Now, let's see. Me want to see Vance. Uh, oh, oh well, I, I, I'm very sorry, but uh, Mr. Vance isn't seeing anybody. Um, you must be the giant in Mr. Edwards' act. That's right. Yes. Vance here? Yes, as a matter of fact, he is. He's in that office there. He's talking to Colonel Tim, the midget. If you'd care to wait, I'm sure he'll be glad to see you when he's through. Me no wait. Me go in now. Hey, wait a minute. You can't do that. That door's locked and besides, you can't see him, I said. Me don't care what you say. Me take care of locked door like this. Hey! Well, really, oh, what, what, is think, what, what are you Well, doing here? Mr. Anderson, <laughs> nice of you to break in to see me. Vance, shall I call the police? You're I think not, Ellen. Better go back to your office. Andy, you shouldn't have come here. You broke Mr. Vance's door. Me break lots things, maybe. He bother you, Tim? No, no, Andy, not at all. He's our friend. Our friend, Andy. You see, Ellen, I'm their friend. Now, please go on back while I find out what other reason Mr. Anderson had for breaking in on me. Okay, Vance. Only there are an awful lot of funny things happening around here. Well, Colonel Tim, would you like to continue? Well, I, I think not, Mr. Vance. Not now. Andy, I'm trying to help Mr. Vance find out who shot Mr. Edwards. I just told him that he used to lend money to people in show business. You tell him that? Yep. Why? Well, because it might help Mr. Vance find out who shot Mr. Edwards. Uh, what it did, actually, was account for the large amount of cash in Mr. Edwards' pockets, Mr. Anderson. Merely that and nothing else. 
yet. Uh, Duke Miller, he tell me Mr. Vance want you in his office, Tim. I think maybe he do something to you I do not like. I come here. <laughs> no. Well, um, Mr. Vance, there's nothing more I have to tell you, but uh, maybe you'll tell me something. How's Mr. Edwards feeling? Well, I'd say he's doing as well as can be expected. He still not talk? He's not conscious, Mr. Anderson, if that's what you mean. Well, come on, Andy. Come back with me to the hotel. All right. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Vance, I'm sorry about the door Andy broke. If you let me know how well, much... Don't it... worry about it, Colonel Tim. Come on, we go to hotel. Come sure. on, Tim. Goodbye, Mr. Vance. I'm sorry I couldn't be of any help to you. Well, that's all right. Thank you for the information you did give me. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, come on. Oh, Ellen. Oh, coming, Vance. Well, that was quite a little party you had here. Oh, it was nothing, really. Quite an informal gathering, I assure you. They've gone. Very much so. Thank goodness. Did you find out anything? Well, I'll tell you this. I spoke to Duke Miller and Louise, the trapeze performer, at their hotel rooms. Yes. The giant and the little fellow here. I've come to the conclusion that any one of the four could have shot Edwards. Well, you're certainly going out on a limb there, Vance. And so far as the weapon used is concerned, the midget pistol, it might have been fired by any of the four. Same limb, only a little further out this time. Hey, anybody at home in there? Markham, come on in. Well, what went on in here? Brawl? Who broke this glass, Vance? Hello, Markham. Well, not exactly a brawl. A giant came into my office without bothering to open the door. <laughs> it was really the door's fault. It hit him first. <laughs> Vance, I, uh, I've got some news for you. Mrs. Edwards has been murdered. Really? Mrs. Edwards? How, by another midget gun? No, she was strangled to death. Heath and I found her an hour ago. Someone with a powerful pair of hands was responsible, we're certain. There should be very little question about that. Time of death, Markham. Yesterday afternoon, the medical examiner says... Mm. Well, then she was killed before her husband was shot. Well, that might mean something, Vance. Everything in this case might mean something, if I only knew what... Markham, the midget gun used to shoot Edwards belonged to Colonel Tim. He just told me that. He said somebody stole it from him. He also said that Edwards used to lend money to performers at high interest rates. A show business, Shylock. Well, now I've heard everything. So Mrs. Edwards was strangled. Hmm. Well, I'll see you both soon. Where are you going, Vance? Out. Please excuse me, Markham. I'll only be about an hour if you care to wait. Vance, there are several things we ought to discuss. Later, Markham. I won't be too long. You see, I just thought of something. Goodbye. <coughs> you think you go somewhere, Mr. Vance? I beg your pardon, but that's my neck. You have your arm around, Mr. Anderson. Vance, you keep away from us. Sir? You no bother me, Colonel Tim or Louise, or even Duke. Keep away, Vance. We no like you bother any of us. Understand? This is District Attorney Markham. When Billy Edwards, theatrical manager, was found shot by a midget pistol, Philo Vance uncovered four suspects. A midget, a giant, a trapeze performer, and a magician. Then Edwards' wife was found dead strangled. None of the suspects knows what condition Billy Edwards is in because Advance's request, all information other than the fact that he has as yet not talked, has been withheld. I have been informed that Sergeant Heath has picked up Andy Anderson, the giant, and is questioning him at this moment. They are having a bit of... <laughs> Hello, Colonel. 
How many of you guys does it take to hold him down? Yeah, that's better. Okay, Anderson, you're a big guy, a giant. But you could also be a murderer. Me no murderer. Now, this is the way I figure it. Edwards, the guy who was shot, was married. All right, maybe he isn't dead, but his wife is. I figure you strangled her with those big hands of yours because you were going to kill Edwards and she knew you'd threatened him in the past. Why I kill anybody? You try to make fool of me. I not let you... Hold him in that chair. Don't let him get up. You want to know why you tried to kill Edwards? I'll tell you. You were in love with Louise, the trapeze performer. You knew Edwards was playing around with her, so you tried to knock him off. All right, I know a way to get you to talk. Murphy, yes? bring in that girl, Louise. She's in the next office. Come on, come on in here, Miss LaBelle Louise. Okay. Sit right down there. That's right. Well, what do you want with me? You're the reason this giant won't talk. Make him open up. Make him confess he killed Mrs. Edwards and tried to kill Edwards. Andy. Me say nothing. Please, Andy, if you know anything to help the police, tell them. I keep quiet because of you. Yes, I know. I know, Andy. You want me to talk? I talk. Yes. This what I see. Yes, Andy. Night before Mr. Edwards is shot, I see you with little gun. Same kind as what killed Mr. Edwards. This I no want to tell police. You even have same gun with you now. This? Uh. Oh, is this the gun you mean? Yeah. This one on my charm bracelet? Yeah. Oh, Andy. <laughs> Look, Sergeant Eve, it's perfectly harmless, isn't it? I see. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. That's just a toy. Me thought maybe... Maybe I shot Mr. Edwards? Huh. No, Andy, I didn't. Sergeant Heath, how is Mr. Edwards, and when can we see him? He's still unconscious. All this questioning may mean nothing if he's ever able to tell us who shot him. You can go, Louise. Oh, thank you. And, um, Andy? I want him here for a little while. Some more questions I just dreamed of. Uh, I see you later, Louise. Yes, of course. Goodbye. Louise. What? Oh. Did I startle you, Louise? I'm very sorry. My nerves are a little on edge, Mr. Vance. Louise, I've got to know something. I'm pretty certain, as Sergeant Heath is, that our giant friend, Andy Anderson, is in love with you. And that Colonel Tim, the midget, worships you. Oh, I like them both, Mr. Vance. They're really wonderful people. I'm sure they are. And I'm sure that our magician, Duke Miller was very eager to become a very good friend of yours, too. I gathered that from outside your apartment yesterday when I met all of you for the first time. Oh, I see what you mean. You think that because they all like me and I like Mr. Edwards that they might have tried to kill him and had some other reason for murdering Mrs. Edwards. Is that right? Yes. All of them apparently wanted something from you. Your affection. Oh, I want something, too, Louise. I want your help in finding which one shot Edwards. Take it from the middle, Tim, once more. You've seen our little village, and I guess you all have learned that this really is a small world as far as 
got nothing. You know that. Look, I play the same notes Edwards plays. Why don't you sell that song the way you did for him? I don't know. I just can't. Maybe I know a way. Tim, how much money did you borrow from Edwards? I didn't borrow from him. Don't give me that. I got a look at his notebook the last time I paid him some of the dough I owe him. He kept track of all the dough he loaned guys. Your name was right above mine. I just don't remember the amount. How much was it? A few hundred dollars. I was going to pay him back when we started to work. You don't have to pay him back if he kicks off, do you? I don't want him to die. And why did you shoot him? Me? I didn't. I never did. You can't go around saying things like that. Why, I'll... You'll what, Midge? Shoot me, too? You owed him money, and you wanted Louise. You shot him. Yeah, you stole my little gun, and you killed him. Who is it? Hello? Oh, Mr. Vance. What do you want here, Vance? Well, I just want to tell both of you that we just got rather good news from the Essex Hospital. Billy Edwards is doing rather well. He's expected to regain consciousness sometime tonight. I've already told Andy Anderson and Louise, so you don't have to bother. And you won't have to worry about any more questioning. Because when Edwards comes to, he'll tell us who shot him. Is it all right if I go into Mr. Edwards' room with these flowers? No, ma'am. Nobody gets into this hospital room, that's my orders. But I'm a nurse. I know you're a nurse. And what harm could you do? How do I know what harm you or anybody could do in there? All I know is I'm God here to see that nobody gets in Mr. Edwards' room. Very well. There's a patient up on the next floor who'll appreciate these. I'll take them up to her. Do what you like. You could save me one of them, though. I could take it home to the wife. <laughs> Officer, officer, I'm a doctor here. Please come downstairs. Next floor, there's a patient of mine getting violent. I can't restrain him. Please come help me. I can't, Doc. I'm on duty here outside this door. I gotta stay here. But this man's violent, officer. I got him tied to the bed with the sheets. He's gonna break loose at any moment. Please come down with me. Nothing can be more important than stopping a potential maniac from getting loose. Oh, well, I guess this is an emergency. And in an emergency, I'm supposed to forget orders and use my head. Nobody will be coming in here, not in this room anyhow. Lead the way, Doc. Right this way, officer. Down these stairs. If we hurry, we can get there in time. I mustn't put on the light. No, no, I mustn't. That figure on the bed, that must be Billy. He mustn't recover consciousness. This knife will make sure that he never does. All right, Heath, put that light switch what? on. Right. Oh. Hello, Louise. Completing some unfinished business. Mr. Van. And Sergeant Heath, whom you've met, of course, but not exactly in this manner. Yeah. Well, that was quite a cute way you got rid of the officer outside in order to fall for this plan of mine. Who was it helped you, Duke? Sure it was Duke. I had him turning cartwheels. He'd do anything for me. Just as you'd do anything for Billy Edwards, including murder. What? My guess is you killed his wife. He wouldn't marry you in spite of that. He turned you down. So you borrowed the little gun that Colonel Tim carried and used it on Edwards. Mm, you're too smart, Vance. Do you forget that I still have this knife? Now I'm going to use it on you. Oh, oh no, you don't. Yes, I am. Come on now. Get away with the door. Right, right, say, open it up, will you, Vance? Get a, get a cop right outside. Oh, pleasure. Thank you, she devil. Get out that door while it's head out. All right, boys, take her away. All right, I got it. Okay, Vance, we got her. 
You can shut that door in this case anytime you like now. Mr. Vance is not in. Goodbye. See what I'm doing for you now, Vance, becoming a prevaricator. Is that good? Well, it isn't bad when I tell people you're not in so that you can have a little relaxation. <laughs> Vance, what gave you the idea that La Belle Louise was the murderer in the midget murder case? She did. My investigations proved that each of the four suspects involved had motive and opportunity. And the girl actually made no mistakes that pointed the finger at her. Oh, so you had to let her convict herself? Something like that. I had an idea we might run into a stalemate on this case. That's why I asked Markham at the beginning not to make any announcement of Billy Edwards' physical condition. How is he, by the way? And incidentally, you took quite a chance on Edwards' life, letting Louise loose in his room with a knife just to prove she tried to kill him once before, didn't you? There was nobody in that room, Ellen. Edwards has been dead for two days. Huh? He died soon after he was brought to the hospital. But that was something I didn't want the murderer to know. <laughs> or me either, apparently. Mm-hmm. You know something, Vance? You know what threw me off? The strangling of Mrs. Edwards. I knew it had to be somebody with a powerful pair of hands, and I thought of the giant right away. Louise was an aerial performer, Ellen, remember? She hung by her hands, did tricks with her hands and arms. They were very well developed. Mm, too bad her imagination wasn't. Of course, I know why she went to the hospital with that knife. She thought Edwards was still alive and that she had to kill him before he recovered consciousness and told the police that it was she who'd shot him. I hoped that's what she would think. I didn't know she'd get Duke to help her, but I imagined she'd need and could get some assistance. Well, the midget murder case was simply another example of the fury that lies within a woman scorned. Hmm. That's something you might remember, oh brilliant one. Any time you begin some other romance, I mean. <laughs> At the moment, I'm not concerned with beginning anything. <laughs> right now, Ellen, I'm serene, content, and quite pleased with the end of the midget murder case. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Radio Days, your home for the best of Golden Age Radio, when radio was king. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews, and they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, 
John Hagedorn, stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days. And one note, don't forget to pick up 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we'll be back soon. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back, and this week we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Yeah.